Well, to be fair, I did predict that England would lose in Brisbane. Don't forget my bet. Perhaps not in that fashion, though. There is an awful lot that happened in that test, isn't there? I think it's best to get on with the show. Hello, it's me, Peter, and today I'm talking to you about cricket. I'm feeling in the festive spirit, or starting to feel in the festive spirit. Got my Christmas jumper on, though you can't really see it. But, really today, I don't want to worry about that. Specifically, I am going to be reviewing the first test between England and Australia in Brisbane, and looking forward to the day-nighter in Adelaide that is due to start early Thursday morning UK time. The best place to start for all this, of, of course, is with the teams for that first test. Australia's was fairly predictable. Maybe Travis Head was the only one that was truly looking over his shoulder at, a, at an Usman Khawaja-esque figure. But, as we'll see, he can clearly start to look firmly face forward now. England's team, meanwhile, was, was, a, was a little odd. With, it, with hindsight, it's obviously easier to say that. Pat Cummins was interviewed late in the day, and even he agreed that not playing Stuart Broad was a bit odd. Well, he said a surprise, but same diff, right? I personally would have had Jimmy in that squad for the first test, just because he is England's greatest ever test bowler. But the coaches, Chris Silverwood, didn't see it that way. Fine, whatever. However... However, to see the conditions overhead, the pitch on the ground on that first day, that first morning, and then to still not pick Stuart Broad, that's definitely odd. Definitely odd. And that went into the toss too. I remember in the early hours of, of that morning, stayed up until about 2 o'clock that night, I remember a commentator on day one suggesting that statistics had, had got the better of England. And... That, that they'd chosen to bat because of historical records at Brisbane. Historically, that being the better option to do. And, and, and I think it's a fair point. The conditions on day one, though, were made for Chris Wokes. They were made for Stuart Broad. And we didn't bowl. Instead, we batted. And, well, we didn't, we didn't really do a lot. Never. Never has there been a cricket team more summed up than by Rory Burns' first ball duck. There we were, all excited, all nervous, all anticipant of an exciting day's cricket, and oh, Rory Burns is already out first ball of the day. Good, excellent, excellent news. Then Milan followed. Route 2, within 20 minutes, we were three wickets down. Most of the UK watch followers were contemplating bed. I know, I thought the same as well. And despite resistance from Hamid, from Pope, Butler, Wokes, England were bundled out for just 147 on the first day. And remember, Root elected to bat. And the only thing that saved England's blushes on that first day was the fact that the heavens decided to open and the day was called off there. But congrats to Pat Cummins for a fifer on captaining, uh, a test captain debut. I think that's the right way of saying it. And he was captaining excellently because they exposed the weakness in the English line and Australia supposedly undercooked, undercooked, made England look 
positively rare. I hated writing that in the script and I still hate it now, but I, I've stuck by it. Anyway, day one, advantage Australia. And the advantage stayed with Australia going into day two as well. Although England bowled or started the day bowling pretty well, to be fair. Robinson held a good line, the correct line for Australia, and Wood was bowling with some real pace, 150 clicks, which you know was troubling, clearly troubling the likes of Dave Warner. And the issue was that after Harris was removed early for just three, Marz Labashain partnered Dave Warner. <laughs> and they are both really, really good at cricket, really good at batting. Labashain was particularly disciplined, ready to leave alone anything outside his off stump, and it was this discipline that allowed him to then press the attack later in the day. And you know all what I mean by leaving things outside that off stump, that weird little flick that he does, and then no run! We're going to be hearing a lot of that over these ashes, I feel. He was particularly aggressive, Dave Warner as well, particularly aggressive against the hapless Jack Leach that I, I have to say, even though I love him, I think he's a great cricketer, he looked lost in this test match. Warner, though, go back to Dave Warner. Warner was bowled off a no ball, and he was dropped. So I think he was a tad lucky in making his 94. However, nonetheless, he still scored 94, which is infinitely more than a lot of what our batsmen scored in the first innings. Although, when Marnus, Steve Smith, Dave Warner, Cameron Green, <laughs> Cameron Green all fell between the 47th and the 55th over, there was a sudden glimmer of hope for England. Step forward, the earlier mentioned Travis Head. His 100 came off nearly a runner ball, and the celebration that followed it showed that what it meant to him, it meant the world to him, to get an Ashes 100 for Australia on home soil. Now, I had stayed awake for most of the days to watch some of the cricket. On the third day, I did not. The lack of sleep was starting to get to me, and my poor little eyes could just no longer take it anymore. This was the day that England finally fought back, and in my strange superstitious ways, I thought that my not watching of the events had helped. So, for day three, you're welcome. Anyway, as Travis Head had smashed his way to 152 off 148 balls and was the last man out, Australia has set a first innings total of 425, a massive 278 runs ahead and leaving England needing inspiration from the heroics of Cook and Schrott in the Ashes series of 2010. Burns and Hamid stayed together for just 8 overs before Rory edged behind and Hamid did the same 12 overs later. The fight back for day 3 mainly came from David Milan and Joe Root who batted together superbly to make an overall partnership of 162. Traditionally, day three is a good, bat, good day to bat in Brisbane, and these two proved why. However, however, day four swung firmly back and ultimately swung decisively back towards Australia. Milan and Root need to make hundreds, big ones, to realistically keep England in the game. And when they were out early on day four, neither of them contributing much more to the scorecard after day three, the inevitable seemed close. The inevitable being a classic English collapse. And boy was it a good one. My superstition of not watching proved to be absolute rubbish as I didn't watch. And England went from 222 for 2 to 297 all out. 8 wickets, 
falling for just 75 runs. But hey, at least Australia batted again. And hey, at least we got one wicket, so it wasn't an embarrassing 10-wicket defeat. Okay, that's still pretty embarrassing. And yes, I am still clutching at straws. But England made some odd calls at the start of the game that ultimately cost them in the long run over those four days of cricket. They should have ignored statistics, looked at the sky, looked at the pitch, and bowled first. They should have pitched Stuart Broad as well. That's just obvious now. But I'm not taking anything away from Australia, who did all they needed to do to win. In the first innings, they bowled a disciplined line and disciplined length that England could not handle. When they batted, they were patient in wearing down the paces before going on the attack later against the spin. After a brief fight back from England, normal, normal service was resumed by the end. Congrats, Pat Cummins and the rest of the team on a good win, taking that 1-0 advantage. The series then mo now moves on to Adelaide for the day-nighter test. If you're not familiar with what I mean by day-nighter at this point, it means that the game starts in the day, starts I think around, uh, I'm, not actually, I'm not actually too sure what time Australian time it starts, but it starts in the day and it finishes by a time that it is dark. So there's an interesting period of the day where the ball will be harder to see perhaps as the sun is going down. And a lot has been said about this being England's best chance at winning a test in this series. Why? Well, traditionally, the pink kookaburra ball moves around a bit more, and this will be useful to Jimmy Anderson, who is certain, has to be certainly back for this test, as is Stuart Broad, almost certainly. Chris Wokes, Jimmy Anderson were excellent when England last played in Adelaide in a day-nighter in 2017. In the second innings of that game, the pair took nine wickets between them and were virtually unplayable. That time in 2017, the batting for England was what failed them, and this cannot be what fails them this time in 2021 as well. Hazelwood being sidelined because of a strain, a side strain, is a positive for England, but an obvious blow for Australia. He's not especially fancy as a bowler, is Hazelwood, but he can bowl long spells of precise length and hit top-end speeds consistently. Jai Richardson will be a an, an, an ultimately good replacement, but England will still look at him as a target for runs. With Broad and Anderson back in the team as well, England's bowling is certainly stronger. The batsmen will have to back up their efforts, and one hopes that having a game under their, under their belts will help sharpen their senses when they're out of the middle. Milan, Burns and Hamid in particular must take a leaf out of the book of the Aussie top order. Patience is absolutely key. I still back England to get a result in Adelaide. I'm not pretending that that's because I've got money on it and I bet that England will win um, in Adelaide and I bet that England will win the series 2-1. However, I worry for the entire series and I worry for my bet that if we bat first and we get another lower score, I really worry for England if that's what's going to happen. And on that note, that's me all done for today. Thank you for sticking with the video, and also thank you to my good friend Lindsay McDonald for the fancy new intro and outro, the outro that you're, you're about to see. Don't think I didn't notice that first intro, it's, it's great stuff isn't it? So thank you to her. Please like, subscribe, share and comment on this video, and any interaction that you give to this channel is always greatly appreciated. 
So, until next time, sports fans, come on, England, and bye.